are you today? Man, it is a lovely day, a beautiful day, and a, and a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? We're glad that you're here. If you're a visitor with us, I hope you uh, were greeted at the back door, got signed in on the tablet. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, submit your name online, too. We'd, we'd love to have you in person, if at all possible, but we're glad that you're watching online as well. Um, we're just here to glorify God. Amen? And give Him praise, because He is our Lord and our Savior. Amen? Praise God. Uh, for the salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, some of them are in your bulletin. The Spring in the Missions is next week. We're going to do 11 o'clock. We're going to be serving hot dogs at the Dollar General uh, here in Earl. Uh, so if you'd love, if we'd love for you to come help. We need your help. Uh, so if you'll be here about 9 o'clock, uh, come. We'll get set up and start serving around 11 to uh, customers and people in our community. Uh, next Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Going to be a great day of ministry and, and looking forward to that. Also, there will be no kids night tonight, uh, so make a note of that. And also, everybody take, everybody go, y'all smell that? It's, they're cooking lunch next door, okay? Uh, the, 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 Sunday, uh, the, the youth fundraiser is, t is taking place today after worship service. They've got... Uh, ham and fixings and all the good desserts and everything, so we want, to, we want to encourage you and invite you to stay for that, enjoy a time of fellowship and uh, benefit the youth as well. Uh, in, in, in light of that, our children's church this morning will meet downstairs in room, room 106, uh, so make a note of that as well. I think that's all the announcements we have, and so let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin our worship. The psalmist writes in Psalm 29, Ascribe to the Lord, Almighty God, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. And the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and his arms with strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Your throne was established long ago. And you are from all eternity. Father God, we praise you today. You have always been, you are, and you always will be. We praise you, Father. You are the giver and sustainer of life, and we praise you, Father. God, we come to you today because you are the, the giver of our salvation. You are the forgiver of sin, and Father, we thank you for that. We praise you today for that. And God, because of that, you call us to, to make your name known around the world. You call us to make your name known in the midst of our neighborhood. You call us to make your name known in our workplace, in our schools. And Father, we just lift you up today because we have that opportunity. You've allowed us, a nobody, to represent the kingdom of God. And because of that, God, we are here today to worship you, to praise you, to exalt your holy name because you and you alone are worthy of our worship. 
And so, Father, we open our hearts up and ask, God, that you would pour your Holy Spirit into us and overflowing, God, that we would meet you afresh and anew today. God, that we might be a, a blessing back to you with our worship today. Lord, hear our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies as we worship you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Do you believe in a hill called Mount Calvary? Do you believe it in your heart? Has it made a difference in your life? What difference has it made? What impact has Mount Calvary had on your life? How has your life changed because of Calvary? Let me ask you this morning, could, 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 could we line everybody up? Everybody get up out of your seat and line up right here and just, you know, just a three to five minutes, just give me what your, how Calvary changed your life. Will we be willing to do that? Everybody open to that? What is your story? Has Christ made that big a difference in your life that, 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 you, that you can tell a difference? Or is there a difference? You see, if there's not a difference, maybe we really need to revisit the gospel again. We studied, uh, we just celebrated the, the resurrection of Jesus just a few weeks ago and on Easter Sunday and, and then Wednesday night after Lydia's baptism, we, we studied the story of, of Jesus appearing to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. In that story, the two disciples were, you know, they'd been in Jerusalem and they'd had Passover and everything had taken place with Jesus, the, you know, the, the arrest, the beating, the, the trial, the beating, the crucifixion, you know, the empty tomb. And so all that was all that was fresh on their minds. And so now they were making their way back from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. <clears throat> and it says that as they were walking, as these two disciples were walking, it says Jesus came alongside them. <laughs> Bam, there he was. And, and, and he walked with them all the way back to their place of stay. And we don't know if it was their home or if just where they were staying during the Passover time, but... Regardless, he went to their home where they were staying and, and, and went to their house and had dinner with them. They still, though, didn't know who he was. They asked him on the road. You know, they, they, Jesus asked him, what are y'all talking about? And, and, and they said, everything that's happened the last couple of days. And, and Jesus is like, what things? And they're like, man, where have you been? So they started talking and, and, and they went home with them and they still didn't know it was Jesus until they sat down to eat dinner. And, and then Jesus took the bread and broke it. And it was at that moment, I'm sure their minds went back to the Passover. And it was at that moment when he broke the bread that they realized who he was. That that was Jesus. That was the one that was, he was the one that they had beaten and crucified. And he was alive. <laughs> Praise God. He was right there with them. And it said that just as quick as he appeared before them, he disappeared just as quickly. He was there and he was gone, just like that. So what did the disciples do? Man, they were excited because they knew that Jesus was dead on Friday, but on Sunday he's alive. Amen? And so they had news to tell. They had a story to tell. Hey, this guy had walked with Jesus all the way, or walked with the disciples all the way home and ate dinner with them. And they realized it was Jesus. Folks, they didn't let any grass grow under their feet. 
They didn't say, oh, we'll go back to Jerusalem tomorrow or, or Tuesday or Wednesday and tell them what happened. we got to go now. And so they got up late in the evening and made the trek back to Jerusalem seven miles away to tell the disciples and tell other people what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. But how did they know that Jesus was alive? How did they know Jesus was alive? <clears throat> they saw him, right? They saw him in the, in the flesh right there. But more than that, they experienced him firsthand in their life. He, they experienced him firsthand in their life. He walked with them and talked with them and ate with them, communed with them, spent time with them. And it was because of that that they knew it was Jesus. You see, Jesus' resurrection set the, set the, the church, the early church, into motion. Let's think about that for, for just a few minutes. <clears throat> they were meeting together and sharing together, sharing communion, singing and praying together. And, and, and so as they got ready to do their Bible study, they, they took out their New Testament Bible and began to, to read Scripture from it. No? There was no New Testament. They were the New Testament. They were making the New Testament. They didn't have New Testament to go and, and read like we have today. They weren't studying Revelation and about the rapture in heaven and, and what things are to come. There were no commentaries. Lifeway resources weren't there. Even though they're pretty old, they're not that old. There were no tracts to give out. There was no surfing the web or posting on Facebook or, or Instagram. So, so what in the world were they to do? How were they going to share the gospel? I mean, look at all we have. Look at all the tools that we have at our disposal to share the gospel. And they didn't have, they had none of that. So how did they share the gospel? How did they, how did they know what to say and, 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 and what to do? That's the early church. Well, Acts chapter 1-8 gives us the, the answer for every generation from then until today. Acts 1-8, which we looked at these two passages, I think it was last week. But Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power. You will receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my disciples or, or my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Today's New Hope version of the Bible, we might read it like this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Earl, in all of Cleveland County, in the United States and to the end of the world. But it says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will become His witness. What does our witness look like? In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, after they prayed, they, it says, the place where they were meeting was, was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. 
When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke the Word of God boldly. They had the power to speak the gospel powerfully and boldly without fear. Yes, they were a small group of people. The, the, the community was not for them. They were against them, but they had the power of the Holy Spirit with them, and they were going out powerfully and boldly sharing the gospel with the people they knew. What did they say? What was their witness? What was their testimony? What is our testimony? The word witness, when we think about that word, the word witness means one who can give a first-hand account of something that's been seen, heard, or experienced. You think about the disciples walking back to Emmaus. They saw Jesus, they heard Jesus, and they experienced Jesus. For us, what do we? We, 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 hear, the, we hear Jesus through God's Word. We see Him working around us in other people's lives. And we experience the, the work of Jesus in our lives. The work of the Holy Spirit in our life. The word witness means one who has a personal knowledge of something. One who can attest to a certain fact or event or one who gives evidence. How did they witness? The early church gave a first-hand account of what God had done in their life. What Jesus had done in their life. What the Holy Spirit had done in their life and they shared the hope that they now had since Jesus was raised from the dead because they they knew they heard they saw Jesus teach and preach and they knew what his kingdom was about and when he was raised from the dead they knew that it was real and because it was real and was and that he was resurrected they had the hope of a resurrected life too they had that hope of eternal life. That was their witness. And it's our witness too. But what is your story? Man, can you imagine the story of those two disciples as they made their way, uh, leaving Emmaus, going back to Jerusalem? The people they may have stopped on the side of the road as they were gathering supplies, going back, maybe stopped at the watering hole and talking to people. Man, can you imagine the excitement that they had because they knew Jesus was alive. It changed their life. Has Christ changed our life? How Again, how has your life changed since accepting Christ? You see, in order to be a witness, we have to first become a believer. We first have to become a believer in our faith. In, in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 through 20, in the New King James Version, uh, some of you know this is a, a verse that, that drove a stake through my heart in the year 2001 that led me to ministry. Uh, because it, it was at the beach when I saw this verse in a new way. It brought me to conviction that this is where I was supposed to be. Verse 19 and 20, it says, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
And they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. Look at the sequence of events there. Jesus said, follow me. And if you follow me, if you become my disciple, I will make you fishers of men. And their response was, okay, let's go. There was no question. There was no hesitation. Jesus offered the invitation and the disciples went with him. But Jesus promised that the true disciples would be fishers of men. Would you call yourself a fisher of men? I think we'll all agree that it's much easier to talk about sharing the gospel than it is to share the gospel. Would you agree? But why is that? Really, I mean, why is it so hard for believers to share the gospel? I mean, we, we don't mind sharing the reviews of a good restaurant we went to last night or the movie we saw last weekend. We don't have a problem with that. or We don't worry about making somebody jealous about telling them about our vacation stories. Or, you know, we don't worry about offending our friends because our team beat their team. But how hesitant are we to share the greatest news, the greatest news ever about Jesus Christ? The good news is the greatest, the greatest news anybody could ever, ever hear. So, but why do we shy away from it? We don't know what to say. Well, God's Word, Jesus tells us that, that He will tell us what to say. He will give us the words. He will give us boldness and power to go out and make Him known. Are we doing it, trying to do it in our own strength instead of the strength of God? Folks, the good news comes from a great God who, who loves us and wants to spend eternity with us. He wants to spend eternity with everybody if they'll simply receive Him. See, when, when we receive the Holy Spirit, He gives us the power and, and the courage and, and the boldness and everything we need in order to make Him known to a lost world. In Matthew's version of the Great Commission in verses 20, uh, chapter Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, familiar verse to many of you, and it says, Therefore go, Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the ages. And that phrase, go and make disciples, the idea of that phrase is, is when you go or as you go or wherever you go, to be about making disciples. Whatever you're doing, make disciples. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, be an example that people can look at and see a, see a difference between you 
and the world. Look for opportunities standing in line at, at the grocery store. Doing a good, de- a good deed for somebody. But look for ways that we can share the gospel as we go. Be an example, be a witness to share your story in order to, 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 to make disciples. As we go, as we make disciples, we have to be prepared to make disciples. We have to be prepared to go and share the gospel. That's why I was referring to a minute ago. Do we have, are, are, are you ready to share your gospel right now? Would anybody be willing to come up right now and give that testimony? You see that? We never know when we're going to be called on to be able to do that. And so we've got to to have that in in the back of our minds and in our hearts all the time ready to share the gospel. In 1 Peter 3, verse 15, we find where he's telling us, be ready regardless of where you are, where you're going, or what you're doing, to share the hope that you have. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared and give an answer to everyone who asks you and to give the reason for the hope that you have. Let me ask you this morning, what is the reason for your hope? But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I want to break that verse down a little bit and, and see what it means to us today. It says to revere the Lord. Other translations says to, to sanctify the Lord. In other words, set Him apart in your heart. Make Him a special place in your heart. The New Living Translation says, You must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. So being prepared to share the gospel means that God must be a priority in our life. And so we have to start right there. We have to start with that question right there. Is God, is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the main priority in our life? Is it the main priority in our life? The next statement there, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Again, what is your testimony? Can you convey that to somebody in just a a few minutes? We've talked about this before. Maybe, Maybe you're asking, Russ, how do we put our story together? What was your life like before Christ? How were you living? Who were you hanging out with? What were, your do- what were you doing? That's step one. Step two is, how did you come to Christ? Who led you to Christ? Where were you? How did it take place? And then step three is, how has your life changed? How has Christ transformed your life? How are we becoming who God created us to be since meeting Christ? That is our story. It's a short, concise story of how God is working in our life. And get this, 
Nobody can say, hey, you're wrong. That's not right. What you just said isn't right. That's my story. That's how God worked in my heart, in my life. You can't argue with it. Nobody can argue with it because it's your story. You're giving an eyewitness. You're giving evidence about what God has done in your life. There's no reason at all to be ashamed or, 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 or bashful about sharing what God has done in your life. But why are we hesitant about doing it? When the Holy Spirit, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will empower us. And when we do share our gospel, it says do it with gentleness and respect. Again, when we're sharing our gospel, this is not a, a time for uh, debating heat, uh, hot topics of the day and issues that are going on in, in the day or, or in the church or in society. We're simply telling somebody about our life in Christ, about what God has done in and through our life. But we do it with a calmness and respect towards that person, remembering that we too were a lost person at one time. And then number four, it says to keeping a clear conscience. In other words, living a life that will attract others to Christ. Living a, a humble and compassionate life. Serving others. Treating others in, in, in a way that you're not put to shame because of your actions. In other words, treat people the way you ought to want to be treated. Folks, we've got to remember that, that we've received the greatest gift ever. The gospel is about the greatest person, the best person to ever live. We put our faith in a living God, one that was raised from the dead. Every other religion worships a dead God, a dead person, an object. We are the only ones that worship a risen, living God. And we pointed out a few weeks ago that, that there's an abundance of secular and biblical evidence about Jesus' birth, death, and yes, His resurrection. That He was and is Alive. He is alive, folks. And that should give us great joy, great confidence, and, and courage to go out and tell people that He is alive. And so why, do we, why, why does our society put their hope in dead people? In wooden objects, metal, you know, man-made objects, why do, they, why do they do that? Well, first of all, a lot of it is because they have never heard of Jesus. We had a youth come several weeks ago to, to a youth group that had never heard about Jesus. We pass people every day that have never heard about the salvation story of Jesus Christ. But He is alive. There's two aspects about being a, a gospel witness and, and one is explaining to someone what Christ has done in our life. That's our, that's our story, our, our testimony, how, how Christ has changed your life and the hope that we have and, and the blessings we've received since accepting Christ. And then the second thing is, is letting other people know how they can become a saved soul in the kingdom of God and sharing the gospel. 
And we've looked at a number of these over the years. We did the three circles uh, several months ago. Uh, you got the Roman road, uh, Dare to Share, all kind of. There's tons of evangelism outreach programs out there. You have on, your, on the table out there, if you picked one up coming in, uh, a little worksheet for you, Be a Witness. But on the, on the front of this, it's got a, a, a miracle question. If God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? And people might tell you whatever it might be. And your response is, can I tell you about one of the coolest miracles I've ever seen? And that's the miracle that takes place in our life. And so that leads us through this, this pathway of leading people to, the God, to, to Jesus. We talk about God's original creation. You know, He made everything perfect. It was right. It was Everything was perfect. But people, humanity rebelled against God and sin entered the world. And ever since then, humanity has been looking for something to make them whole again. And that is why they're out looking in the world, looking at... Uh, looking for drugs and pornography and sex and careers and money and anything else the world has to offer. But they always come up empty until they find Jesus Christ. They come to a point of brokenness and somebody like me or you shares the gospel with them about the goodness of God, the eternal hope that we have in Christ Jesus. That Jesus came for our sins that we must repent and believe in Him. And folks, when people do that, lives are changed. Lives are changed. Has your life been changed? There are people outside these doors. There are people inside these doors whose lives haven't been changed. One of the main reasons people don't share their faith is because it's not theirs. You see, we have to own our faith. It has to be ours. It has to be personal. It has to be, it has to be real. It can't be something we, we just grew up with because, you know, mom and daddy drug us to church. People can go to church their whole life and be lost as a goose in the desert. But it has to be ours. We have to own it. It can't be our, our, our parents' faith or our grandparents' faith. It's got to be ours or we won't share it. It's got to be ours or we won't live for Christ. And so let me ask you this morning, is, is your faith real to you? Or maybe today's just a question to ask ourselves, is my faith real to me or am I, just, am I just playing church? Am I just coming to get a gold star somewhere from somebody? Because this is what we're supposed to do on Sunday morning. The gospel message is for you. It's for me, it's for anybody that, that would believe because Jesus changed lives every day and so the question is has he changed yours 
See, we're all sinners who, who can't save ourselves from the penalty of, of sin. That penalty is death. We will, we will suffer eternal death without the grace of God. But folks, let me tell you, God loves you. He adores you and He wants, to, he wants you to spend eternity with you forever and ever. And because He loves you, He sent His Son to die on the cross. He sent His Son to live a perfect life, a sinless life, to, die, to, to live the life we can't live and, and to die the death that we should have died. But God raised Him from the dead to prove that He was God's Son and to prove that He has the authority to forgive sin. And God's Word says that if we trust and believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He will give us eternal life. I'll close with this passage in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. It says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And as Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him, anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will never be put to shame. Praise God. In other words, anybody that, that puts their hope and faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will never die an eternal death. You will live in eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, you have to acknowledge first that, that, that we're a sinner. Acknowledge that, that you're a sinner in need of a, of a Savior and confess your sins to Jesus. And believe that He is God's only Son. That God raised Him from the dead to prove, uh, raised Him from, from the dead to prove who He was and who He is and who He will be forever and ever. Allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life so that we can be a witness for the kingdom of God. Because being a witness for the kingdom of God is part of being who God created us to be. And so we close this morning asking, are we becoming that person? That person that God wants us to be. Only you can answer that with an honest heart. And each of us will be accountable to God for being and becoming who God called us to be. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. We've sung about it, we've prayed about it, we've talked about it. And so God, we just praise you this morning for being who you are, for loving us in spite of our sin, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of just being who we are. We thank you, God, that, that you offer that grace and mercy. That you grant forgiveness when we seek it. That you accept us regardless of who we are or where we've been. Regardless of what road we've gone down or how far we've gone down it. God, your word tells us that no road is too long or too deep or too bad. That you won't accept us back. And so, Father, today, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, 
Maybe they are down a, a deep, dark road. Father God, you are calling them back today because you want them to live in eternity with you. And as their life is transformed and transitions to a, to a new creation in Christ, they can become the witness that you want us to be so that we can bear testimony of how you have changed our life. Or God, maybe there's those here today that maybe just have gone in a ditch with their faith. Maybe they just veered off the road a little bit. Regardless of where we are, you still want us back. You still want us back in a whole relationship with you wherever we are. And so, Father, this morning I pray for every heart here today. And God, I pray for your conviction of the Holy Spirit upon every heart here to know you and to make you known. God, we'll give you glory. Man, we'll praise you. We'll give you thanks for the salvation and the hope that we have in your son Jesus. God, thank you for hearing our prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our worship this morning. And God, we pray that, that our worship has been pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.